You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. Welcome, kiddos, to this week's edition of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And I'm Derek Diamond. And uh, it's been a pretty interesting week. I actually dug the uh, Super Nintendo out of storage and cleaned it up really well. And uh, this whole weekend, I've been playing a whole lot of uh, Legend of Zelda. My favorite game for the Super Nintendo. So, so much fun. I mean, I, that's my review from week one of this uh, this podcast. Such a great game. Oh, I love it so much. I have uh, Final Fight for it, which is pretty damn fun. Have you ever have you ever played that? I have not. Oh my god, it's one of probably one of the best beat 'em up games that was ever made for the 16 bit era. You should definitely pick up a copy if you if you run across it somewhere. I will definitely keep that in mind. But uh, let's go ahead and get started. Let's move into the news for this week. <laughs> Three classic 16-bit Disney games have been re-released on Good Old Games. And if you've never heard of that, you can actually go to goodoldgames.com and you can get older video games for relatively cheap. Um, but Good Old Games and Disney have teamed up to bring not one, but three of the treasured 16-bit era platformers. And if you're looking for another excuse to power through Aladdin, The Lion King, and Jungle Book, Look no further. And this comes to us from RetroCollect.com. And uh, it's going to be, uh, says $6.99 per game, but that's in pounds. So what would that be in an American? About, um, I am not sure. Probably around 5 bucks a game. That sounds about right. So if you're into Disney games and you like those old 16-bit uh, Super Nintendo, uh, Sega Genesis era Disney games, definitely go to good old games and give that uh, a try. That shit sounds like pretty fun. Did you ever play any of the old 16-bit Disney games? I did not. I never really got into the Disney games. Did you? I did play through Aladdin. Um, I didn't play Lion King, Jungle Book. I know there was a Toy Story one as well that I heard a lot of good things about. But it's funny because I love those old Disney movies, but... I could just never get into the games. Yeah, I played a lot of Disney games for the regular Nintendo, but I never got into it in the 16-bit era. I, I kind of got out of, you know, I was a teenager by then, so I was kind of out of my Disney phase. So it just kind of passed me by. But now that I'm older and I can go back and play these things, it sounds like it would be pretty fun to go back and play these games, you know, the ones that I missed. Yeah, and if you grew up really loving these Disney games, I mean, five bucks is relatively nothing so I, I would jump all over this yeah it's not if bad. i'm an old school disney fan there's a long lost game boy color rpg called infinity and it's actually going to be released now this also comes from retrocollect.com the game boy color may not have as many memorable titles as its predecessor a groundbreaking release for nintendo's vibrant portable is imminent a phoenix software recently revealed that they're missing an action rpg infinity which was originally due for release in 2001 is nearing completion with the Game Boy Advance distracting publishers upon its arrival, a Phoenix Software unf unfortunately found themselves unable to secure a deal to put their game on 
onto cartridge. Following this news, the team behind the the promising RPG disbanded, leaving just a trace of what could have been on their official website. As a result, Infinity appeared to disappear to the depths of time. But it looks like this game is actually going to see a release now. Which is, that's kind of cool. I love it when, uh, that seems to be going on a lot lately with a lot of old games that were never released are actually finding the light of day. And I think now with virtual consoles and like the PlayStation Store and places like that, I think it's a great platform uh, for games like that that never saw the light of day to have a chance and could even like gain a potential cult following, I think. Yeah, it says that um, it will most likely be made available to download instead. So more yeah. than likely, this game is probably going to be released for a uh, computer. Um, I'm not sure how many uh, Game Boy Colors are still floating out there in the ether. Were you a big Game Boy fan? I The original Game Boy, yes, but I never moved on to the color screen Game Boys. Yeah, I had um I liked the Game Boy Color. I mean, you know, going from the original to playing a handheld in color was awesome. Um, but I kind of fell out of Game Boy a little bit during that time and then when Game Boy Advance came along, when they started doing ports for like Mario World, uh Yoshi's Island, Mario Brothers Two, it kinda got me back into it. It it had its highlight for original games it had um Metroid Fusion, Fusion, excuse me, yeah. which is my favorite Metroid game of all time, even better than Super Metroid, which I, I could get to that in a, a future episode. But Nintendo's handhelds, to me, are really good. And even now with the Wii U struggling, 3DS is really good. You've got yeah. Ocarina of Time now, and you can put like Nintendo 64 games with better graphics on a handheld which is is mind-blowing. Like, if you had said that to me 10 years ago, I'd be like, no way. <laughs> but, but, but now it's, it's a reality. Like, I love going back and playing Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, uh, Mario 64, and, you know, all these other Nintendo 64 games on a handheld. That would be pretty awesome, because uh, the Nintendo 64 is still, you know, one of the best Nintendo systems as far as the games go. They just, they had so many great games for that system. It would be nice to be able to go back and play that kind of stuff on portable. Oh, absolutely. And I, I hope that, you know, the, the handheld market continues. I know with like the NX rumors, with it having handheld detachable controllers that you can take with you and play, I wonder if that's going to affect Nintendo's handheld market. But hopefully they'll release the details about that fairly soon, which I know this is primarily retro stuff, but... That's going to be a big story when Nintendo finally unveils the details on that system. Well, that's awesome. Definitely. So for my news this week, uh, this is something that we talked about, I believe, on the first episode about the mini NES. Mm -hmm. Well, some more details have been released. Uh, this is from Game Rant. NES Classic will have save points and other f features. Following the recent release of Pokemon Go and the subsequent announcement of its classic mini NES, it's hard to deny that N Nintendo has dominated the headlines. In a recent interview, Nintendo of Canada Communications Manager revealed that the mini NES will feature several different display options. Not only will, will there be a pixel-perfect option, which will display each pixel as a square, 
There will also be a mode that will simulate a retro CRT television look, also in 4x3 ratio. That is full screen, for those who don't know what 4x3 means. And it will also have save points. Let me repeat that. Yes. Save points. <laughs> yes. That's my favorite save part of points. this article. Uh, this is much better news. I mean, I was going to get this anyway, even if it didn't have save points, which kind of going back to the the ratio, getting to play it, you know, exactly as it was, I think is a very cool feature. And also having it in widescreen, too. Yeah. So you have those purists who will want to play it with the square box format. And then you have those like me that will probably just set it to widescreen and be done with it. So well, it'd be interesting I, to play it on a widescreen. I mean, I still have my old Nintendo set up to a CRT television, so I've never managed to play anything Nintendo on high definition before. So I think it would be quite interesting to do that. Oh, definitely. And as far as the save options go, really the only save, option game I remember was Zelda. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there were others, but that's the only one that pops to mind, but especially like going through the original Mario game, you would have to leave your system on or else mm-hmm. you'd have to start from the very <laughs> beginning. And now that you have save points, maybe I can actually finally beat that game. Oh, it's great. We'll never need passwords for these games again, ever. Yay! <laughs> I love that news. That makes me so happy. As soon as I saw it, I'm like, Jason is going to flip out when he reads this. (laughs) Oh, this is great. I can't wait for this thing to come out. I'm actually getting emails already from Best Buy that's like, these are items that are currently, you know, popular lookups on BestBuy.com. And the mini NES is one of the very first ones. So this thing is probably going to do very well when it comes out. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I have zero doubt of that. It's going to be big. It is going to be big. No doubt about it. Well, let's look up this month in video game history in 1987. August 22nd, 1987, Nintendo released The Legend of Zelda in America and Europe, the first of one of their longest-running and most popular series of games. August 28th, 1987, Konami released Castlevania II Simon's Quest. I remember playing this game when it first came out. I never played the original Castlevania, but I rented Castlevania 2, and I could not figure it out for the life of me. So since then, I've never played another Castlevania game. You can't see it, but when you mentioned the Zelda comment, I actually melted a little bit in the <laughs> chair. It made me so happy. Yes. Actually, I've never played a Castlevania game. I, I just never... It never really appealed to me. I, I, I know a little bit about it, but from what I read, it just never, I just never played it. Well, it's the type of thing that would be right up my alley because I love old school horror and those type of things. I mean, it definitely has an aesthetic to it and a mood to it, you know, the music. And people love those games. And I'm sure I would too if I'd have known what I was doing in that game. But I never played the first one, and the second one is kind of aggravating with the way it always goes from uh, it has like a daytime, nighttime mechanic in it to where it always switches to nighttime, and then the the enemies become harder. 
And then there are spots in the game that you have to do certain things that just are not, you know, something you would not think to do to be able to get past a level. And it just, it wasn't my speed at the time. I would love to go back and play them. I mean, they, I think, uh, isn't this, isn't Castlevania two going to be on the mini, any on the mini Nintendo, the mini NES? Yes, it is. So that might be my chance to go back and play it and see what I could do with it. Mine too. I mean, there are so many games for the NES that I didn't play because I, I started playing the NES towards the end of its cycle. So the only NES games I really played were Zelda, Mario, uh, and Duck Hunt. And there might be one or two other ones, but those are the ones that really stick out to mind. And now that the mini NES is coming out with all those games. It gives me the chance to actually go back and play through some of them. Yeah. Is it just me or is mini NES really hard to say? <laughs> mini NES mini is what NES. I call it. Because I, I, I call the Super Nintendo the SNES. Yeah, let's do that. So let's NES call it the NES. mini NES because that, that's so much easier to say than mini NES. I get tongue-tied every time I try to say it. You could say mini NES just slides off the tongue. Yes, it does. Like smooth silk. <laughs> so I guess um, we're only going to actually, we're only going to do one review tonight because we are changing our format a bit. We've decided to take the episode weekly. Um, we are not going to do it seasonally. We are going to keep going. And if we do that, we we realize that if we do that, we'll be running out of games pretty quick. So we're just going to each take a different game every week. So this week will be Derek's turn with the SNES. And the first game he's going to do is this one. Oh, you got to love that music. I'm actually dancing to it. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad but we don't this, have cameras uh, on. Uh, oh, go ahead. <laughs> so too bad we don't have cameras on. Oh, this is true. Maybe we'll do, do a video one at some point. But my game that I'll be reviewing this week is, to me, the title that really put Rare on the map, and that would be Donkey Kong Country for the Super Nintendo, released on November 21st, 1994. And I actually have, uh, the way I was introduced to this game, I'm going to tell a funny story that actually relates to what we discussed last week about Nintendo Power. I had a subscription to Nintendo Power Magazine, and every now and then you would get uh, little special items from Nintendo, like promotional items, uh, like, you know, for being a subscriber and everything. And one thing that I got was this VHS tape. And it had uh, like a background of trees and had a little uh, photo of Donkey Kong in the corner of it. And what it was was a preview video, a behind-the-scenes look at Donkey Kong Country and how the game was made. And it was called uh, Donkey Kong Country Exposed. It had this, this guy who was obviously right out of the early to mid-90s. He had like the big hair, the backwards <laughs> hat, the flannel. He would have been in front row at a Nirvana concert. Yeah, probably had some cross-color jeans, tight rolled at the bottom. He probably did. I, I can't remember the the pants he wore, but <laughs> I, I'll have to I have to go back again. I actually found it on YouTube, and I watched it the other day because like I was I was like, okay, I'll review Donkey Kong Country this week, 
and I remembered that video, and I actually found the full thing on YouTube. It's only like 12 to 15 minutes long, but you're you're talking with the developers and those who are working on the artwork, um, the mechanics and everything. You really get to kind of see behind the scenes of video game making, and that was really unheard of at the time. So you're getting to see, you know, how the story was come up with the character designs um this game introduced diddy kong Mm -hmm. who a lot of people like more than donkey kong so you're going going through the development and you see a little bit of the finished product and one of the coolest things was um i i'm a big sucker for post-credit scenes in movies and they actually had a post-credit scene in this uh in this video so the credits roll, and then it cuts back to the guy, and he's like, let's see what's in here. And there's a door that has that says top secret on the door, and he opens it, and you hear this group of like seven or eight people just yelling and cheering and everything. And they notice that the guy's there with a camera, so they push the guy out. But you very briefly see on the television the logo for, for Killer Instinct, <laughs> which was a fighting game that Rare made. Uh, is kind of their answer to Mortal Kombat. And that was the first unveiling of that game was in that video. Oh, cool. So so through Donkey Kong Country, I kind of got to see a background of how video games were made back then. But uh, to give like a brief story of Donkey Kong Country, it's relatively simple. This group of uh, villains called Kremlings, they're like giant crocodiles who can walk on two feet. Um, they steal Donkey Kong's horde of bananas. So literally the objective is you go through different worlds and get your banana collection back. And the main villain is this giant Kremlin called King K. Rule. He's, uh, he wears a crown, uh, a cape. It looks very much like a king. He's definitely the king um, of the Kremlings. But um, it's a platformer type game. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it has a variety of levels. You've got your jungle your water, your snow, um, factories, which I could never get past the factory world. This game was so hard. Um, <laughs> you can ride different animals, a rhinoceros, a swordfish, an ostrich, and they all had different abilities. You know, if you're riding uh, Rambi the Rhino, you can just tear through the level, tear through enemies. Um, Unguard the swordfish is kind of the same, but with the water levels. Um, uh, Expresso the ostrich. You can fly, or it's really more like gliding than flying, but, um, you know, that's to get through um, your levels with your big gaps. Um, He's also very fast. Then you have uh, Winky the Frog, who can jump in uh, very high places. So, um, very fun game. Um, It took me a very long time to beat it. I never beat it whenever I was younger. I had to wait till it was available on the... A Wii Virtual Console before I actually went through the whole thing and beat it. But this this game gets harder every world you go through. And I wouldn't really say it's a revolutionary type of game, but it's just pure fun. And like I said, it was the game that put Rare on the map. It's, and Rare is it's one of my favorite uh, video game companies making Donkey Kong Country, uh, Banjo-Kazooie, um, so many great, great games from Rare. Well, Donkey Kong Country, even to this day, I think still has some of the most beautiful graphics ever made for a video game. Oh, totally agree. And it's 16-bit, but the backgrounds 
look very good. And even the animations, while, you know, kind of primitive now, were really kind of ahead of its time back then because of the fluid movements of yeah. the villains um, and everything. It's just so, so good. Well, weren't they hand-painted characters that were put into the game? Yes, they were. See that? And you actually, you actually learned that in that video special that I was talking about. Can you imagine doing that with 1993, 1994 technology? How daunting that must have been. <laughs> I hope those guys made good money. Yeah. <laughs> but did you ever play Donkey Kong Country like extensively? I did, but I only it was only a rental for me. I never actually owned the game, so I never finished it. I never beat it, um, but I, it's something I would definitely love to go back and try to play again. Um, I'm going to keep an eye out for it at flea markets and such things like that. And maybe I'll run across a copy of it. If, uh, if we go to that flea market this weekend, I'll have to definitely keep my eye out for it. Cause if I yes. see it, I might get it as well. Only I'll definitely be on the lookout for like classic SNES games. Cause I actually haven't bought any games in a while and uh Friday is payday. So yeah, it was exciting when I pulled out the super Nintendo the other night, I'm like, ah, oh, the possibilities now are endless. So tell tell us a little bit about that because you actually texted me the other day with a, a picture of the Link to the Past logo, and you're like, I broke out the Super Nintendo. H how was that? Oh, it was awesome because it, it's one of those things that I didn't really have a lot of room. That's why I never broke out the Super Nintendo. Um, but I did, you know, break out the regular Nintendo a few months back and started collecting again, and. I really got into that, but it just started to eat at me that I love the Super Nintendo so much, and I just wanted it to be out in the open. I wanted it to be played, and that's what it's for. You know, not to sit in storage or, you know, in a box in the attic. It, like, it deserves to be out in the open. It deserves to be preserved and played, and... I did that. I took it out and I cleaned it up really well. Uh, you know, I took everything apart, took all my games apart, cleaned them up really well. And I still have uh, Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past, Super Mario World, Final Fight, F-Zero, and Return of the Jedi, Super Return of the Jedi. Oh, those Star Wars games were fun, too. I'll have to review those. Let me tell you. So <laughs> I thought Ninja Gaiden was hard. Jesus, the... Return of the Jedi, I can't even get past the first level. Those games are, especially that game, they're challenging, but man, they're so much fun. Especially, you know, playing those games back then, you didn't really have the games like, you know, Force Unleashed that came out a few years ago, or Battlefront, where there's this beautiful, detailed environment. Back then, that was really the only video game content we had that was Star Wars related. And it's cool that I put in my copy of Legend of Zelda, and I still have a saved game from myself and my brother from the early 90s. Wow, that's awesome. The saved games are still there. That is so awesome. Did you uh, beat it 100%? Uh, yes, I did finish it. One, I played it all the way through once, and then... A few years back, around year 2000 or so, is when I actually tried to start collecting again because games were really cheap back then. Um, mm -hmm. I started to play through it again, and that's another saved game I had on there, but I never finished it, so I wiped that game clean and started a new one the other night.
I, I saved the original uh, game file for posterity. That's a game. Um, I'm currently doing that as one of my Throwback Thursday Let's Plays. And I went through the Swamp Palace um, in the Dark World, and I had gotten to the final boss, and then I realized, shit, I don't have any potions or fairies with me. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, no. And I literally had half of one heart left when I beat that thing. Wow. Yeah, it was like it was really intense, like going back and editing that video. I'm like, wow, I would actually like really get into this if I were watching it just as a fan. And I even got a few comments saying that was like heart wrenching because (laughs) I was so close to dying and I'm trying to go through the whole thing without dying. So needless to say, the next part that I picked up on first thing I did was got some potions and some fairies. That's awesome. I oh, I can't wait to get to the end of that game again. It's so fun. I played all the way up to the point where you get the speed boots. Mm-hmm. And I that's where I cut it off the other night. I stopped playing, and I actually started playing Final Fight after that. Uh, and I got to I got to the boss of the second level and forgot how hard that was and got defeated. And I was like, yep, I'm done for the night. <laughs> but speaking of hard games and we last week we talked about Ninja Gaiden there's something I need you to see and everybody out there needs to watch this on YouTube uh, just type in Ninja Gaiden Speed Run um, uh, there's a, a video uploaded by Speed Demos Archive SDA this guy does a Ninja Gaiden speed run in 17 minutes and 51 seconds as passive. And if nobody knows what that means, it means he goes through the game without killing any enemies except for the bosses and does it in 17 minutes and 51 seconds. I can't even beat the damn game in like three hours. (laughs) (laughs) And 30 years later, I still can't beat it. This guy does it in 17 minutes Almost 18 minutes without killing any enemies except for the bosses. It's ridiculous. There's something about those speed runs that are just so impressive. One of the conventions, one of the first conventions that we went to, this was back in 2013, I want to say. This guy did a speed run of one of the Mega Man games, and he beat it like that. And it was just mind-blowing. And even watching them on YouTube... I haven't watched this yet, but somebody beat the original Pokemon game in less than 30 minutes. And I'm like, how do you do that when it takes forever to get to different cities? (laughs) I know. Well, and you see how he does it on Ninja Gaiden as well, because, you know, it's got cutscenes and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, every second counts for these speed Mm -hmm. runs. It's nuts. It's just... I have major props to people that can do that because I've even tried to do speed runs. And to me, they're just like, I think they're cool, but someone who plays through the game, I find it much more enjoyable to actually take my time and explore everything instead of just beating the whole thing as quickly as possible. Yeah. Oh, they actually have a Mega Man 2 no death speed run on YouTube in 23 minutes and 48 seconds. Good God. (laughs) How many years do you think these guys have to play in order to learn every 
like be, to be able to jump through enemies like have you ever seen the world speed record speed run for super mario brothers i have not uh let's see how many minutes uh, does he beat it let me look it up real quick uh super mario was this brothers. a recent thing yes because i want to say i read something not too long ago about some guy breaking the record yes he did he does it in four minutes 57 seconds what it's you're nuts. shitting me no watch it and this guy has had to train i did a little back you know a little uh a, a, um some research into this and the guy has spent years trying to perfect this i mean like literally knowing how close he can get to enemies without dying as he jumps over stuff like you know the the flower pots the the what do they call those the um Oh, the piranha plants? Yeah, the piranha plants. Like, how close he can get to those, like, jumping over the pipes and basically going through the piranha plants without dying. Like, how close he can actually get just to shave off, like, a tenth of a second. It's nuts. That's impressive. So definitely look that up on YouTube uh, when we get off of here tonight. Everybody needs to watch this. Just type in Super Mario Brothers Speed Run, and it's the first video that comes up. Wow. So That's yeah. mind-blowing. I won't be doing any speed runs anytime soon. No. But they are actually good to watch because you learn a few things when you're watching those speed runs. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, even though I said, you know, I prefer to take my time and explore... I greatly appreciate people who can do that because, like you said, that guy spent a long time training to do that. Yeah. Anybody who has that level of dedication is is insane. Yeah, I don't really have that kind of dedication <laughs> to play something <laughs> hours and hours and hours a day for years to be able to do these things. It's just that that, that I, I don't have a brain that works that way. It just doesn't. I don't either. But yeah, I think that's going to about wrap it up for this week. What do you say? I think so. It was uh, it was fun going back and revisiting uh, Donkey Kong Country, and I'm looking forward to hearing what you'll be reviewing next week. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I am going to be reviewing. I was actually going to save this for the season finale, when we were going to do seasons of the show. But now that mm -hmm. we're going weekly, I'm going to go ahead and do it because this is my absolute favorite I, probably one of my top five favorite video games of all time. Definitely my favorite Nintendo game of all time. Star Tropics. I've heard a lot of great things about that game. I will say I've never played it, but I will be looking it up throughout the week. And um, no, it's going to be awesome. And I, after I've heard that, a lot of great things about it. Oh, yeah. You should definitely check it out. And when you get your Nintendo system should definitely be one of the first games you pick up for it. I it, with the way you love RPGs and stuff like that, I really think you'll like it. I'm excited about it. But after that, since I'm going to do my favorite game, you actually made the suggestion that we should do games that we hate. After that, I actually have two games that I hate. Fester's Quest and Bill and Ted's uh excellent video game adventure. I've heard uh, the first one I've heard of, and I'm sure I'm I'm not surprised there's a Bill and Ted game, but yeah, we we should do that. We we should each pick a game, what you for, for NES, me for Super Nintendo that we just hate. Yes. and I'll I'll say <laughs> whenever we decide to do that, my game will be Pac-Man Two 
the new adventures. Oh, I've never even heard of that. Oh, it's an awful, awful game. I've played it all the way through. I've beaten it. But <laughs> looking back on it now, I'm like, this game is so, so bad. You should look up, up just a little bit of info about it, and oh, you'll I completely will. understand. <laughs> well, you'll definitely have to remind me so I can gather up my sound clips for next week because that sounds like it's... Uh, well, not for next week, but the week after. Because that's when we'll do our uh, games that we hate the most, which kind of sucks because I have two that I hate the most. So that'll take <laughs> up two whole shows right there. But uh, yeah, yeah let's... <laughs> well, we can do uh, um, we can do one uh, two weeks from now and then down the line we can do games we hate the sequel. Yes, we could do that. And coming up, October's coming up soon. We should do our favorite horror games. Yes. I yes, absolutely. I have one readily in mind and I'm ready to do it. I love this show. I love doing this show. I love being here every week with you people. Thank you for joining us and uh keep coming back and we'll keep putting them out. So there you go. Well, um, we're gonna go ahead and get out of here. So if you want to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at nerdcaveretro at jfunktastic and at Derek underscore diamond. And you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. And we can find everything over at the nerdcavenetwork.com. That's where Derek hangs out with with, with his other podcast, the Nerdcave uh, podcast. We've got the pop culture palette over there. We've got the Derek Diamond experience. Go over there and check it out. It's a good place. So, Derek, go ahead and take us out. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Thank you.